following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome, one and all, to episode 845 of I Doubted Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dallimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. So I put in my, my in-ears to start the show, the, the, you know, the things that are, they fit my ears and they go in my ears, but they act as like headphones. Yeah. And we're in a freezing cold room right now. I love it. And so they're like two little ice cubes that I just put into my ear holes. <laughs> Is that what you grimaced? Yeah. And now I feel like I'm getting a toothache uh. <laughs> because my ears are cold, but they'll warm up. They'll, 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 the ice cubes will melt is what I'm saying <laughs> eventually as we, as we sit here. So we want to talk about one thing right off the bat, and that is the Patreon end of your gift because on our recent Patreon hangout, we were asked about it because someone said, hey, I haven't gotten mine. So here's what happened. We got the end of your gift. Which we're talking I, about you, Brad. I almost just said what it was, so I have to really check myself. We got the end of your gift and it doesn't fit into a regular envelope okay and so we had to get a special kind of envelope and they started a few of them started to be returned and we got a little concerned so we went to the post office we said hey does this envelope with this stamp is this working like should this theoretically go through the mail perfectly fine and she said no that is technically considered a bubble mailer and that will cost $5.60 to send. <laughs> per, per thing. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, no, that's not good. That's a lot. And so we decided to change course, do something different, still a bubble mailer. But what we, what we have now learned, we've done some test runs, including with friends that live across the country, to ensure that it is now working. And the... <laughs> the the bubble mailer that we are using is so far 100% arrival rate. It is making it there. So yeah. here's what you should expect. You should expect that the end of your gift is arriving in your mailbox starting Monday, starting today when you could be listening to this yeah. right now. If you check your mailbox, it could be there because we sent a lot of them out. Yeah. We went around to different mailboxes, in fact, because we're like, okay, <laughs> like just in case. What if we put it in the same mailbox and then it like rejects all of them? We're fucking idiots. We need to like go to different mailboxes, mix it in with the different mail, and that'll really get it there. You know, it'll work. So we're trying everything we can, you guys. If the government is watching, and it, this is Washington, D.C., you would think there would be a, a, a heightened intelligence monitoring situation security-wise. Yeah. If anybody's paying attention, they think there's a plot against the country. <laughs> what are they doing going to these multiple... Blue mailboxes on the corners. Yeah, well, and I feel weird standing on the corner dropping Just 50 envelopes yeah. at a time. Like, I am I'm show up with shopping <laughs> bags filled with these little packages, and I'm dropping them in, you know, five at a time. And people are walking by, I'm just shoving them in the mailbox. So anyway... 
The point is, we're excited for you to get them. We hope that you open it and you smile and that you think, wow, this really does reflect the past year of I Doubt It podcast. And it's really just a a gift to show how grateful we are to everyone who has supported us on the journey of last year, moving from California to D.C., the cancer, the sweepy. The cancer. All of the. The sweepy. All of the things that happened. (laughs) And so we're just so thankful. The move. The cancer and the sweepy. Yeah, and the rats, you know, it, all of it, okay? Yeah. You've been there, and it's been <laughs> it's been great. So, Jesse, you filled in for David Pakman this past week. Yes. And boy, was that grueling. Yeah, it's no fucking joke, man. I don't understand. I mean, he's got a team of people, which I'm sure takes off a little bit of the, the burden of it, and I don't want to take away from his workload, his work, work, work ethic, but... It's a lot. I mean, it's creating an hour's worth of content every single day. Video content. Vi- well, video content that that, that is then um, converted into a radio show, a podcast, multiple TikToks and reels and videos for YouTube, and then also like a full-length show on like free speech TV or something. Yeah, here's why I specify video, because there is far more labor involved in being on camera. Oh, yeah. Then there is, for example, right now, we're not on camera. Yeah, I barely have clothes on. Yeah, we showed up just how we look all day. Exactly. And it, it's not great, okay? Yeah. It's not great. It's not camera ready. There are many episodes of this podcast that we've recorded <laughs> that there have been no brushed teeth on either side of the table. You know what? Don't talk about what I do or do not do. So, yeah, it was it was definitely tough for you, but you did great. It was, it was I appreciate good. that. There were, you know, some negative comments. It's YouTube. It's going to happen. But there were some dicks. There was a really mean one in particular that I had a hard time letting go oh, of after can I, read it? I read it. I mean. Let me read it because I DM'd, I DM'd David about it and said, I guess you can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was one. It, it's It's been a journey with me reading YouTube comments on my own channel. And I feel like I've gotten over it pretty quickly for myself, but something that I still struggle with is when I read comments like this one directed at you. Yeah, I'm going to name the name too because fuck them, that's why. Uh, The name is Ramgoy Sheckboy and the the, the title, the, the comment is the worst part of today's show was hearing Jesse is cancer free. For the sake of the show, let's hope that it comes back in time for him to not be David's standby host. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, blood boiling. I mean, you got to really hate a guy, really hate a guy to be wishing cancer to come back to kill him. Yes. Well, and this is not, this is someone that pays for David Pakman's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a member. So that's pretty wild. But anyway, we will not dwell on the negative comments. We will just uh, I do not. focus on the positive aspect of it and how great you did and how good it was. We also did the bonus show for David Packman's audience every day last week, and that was a lot of fun. So we're always happy to get the opportunity to step in and help out when needed. Without a doubt. Let's get to some listener communication. Before we start the big show. The whole power structure's coming down. Number one show in the world right now. Here we go. Hi, uh, this is Chelsea in Arkansas. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, 
I just want to say I love you guys. I love the show. Um, but I am calling to vent just a little bit um, just because there's so much going on, and it's so scary. So um, in Arkansas, of course, the Bible Belt, the South, you guys are aware of how it is. Um, and my husband is a trans man and a librarian. And a local library is currently dealing with um, people wanting to ban LGBT books. Uh, and currently they're in a restricted section um, where kids can't, they're kids' books. By the way, they're not just like sex books. These are kids' books with LGBTQ representation. Um, and that has been weighing on my mind a lot lately. And then also, I'm sure you guys have seen by now the statements that Trump's been making um, about what he will do in regards to trans people if he ends up in office again. And part of me is like, there's no way he could end up in office again. But I also thought that around the first election. And then it happened. And I'm, I'm 26. I was in high school when gay marriage was legalized. And I remember how exciting that was and how I felt like we were progressing. And now it's just so scary and I'm worried. I didn't mean to cry on this. It's, it's such a scary time right now. Um, I don't think I can go on much longer, and it's probably almost three minutes anyways. Um, but I love the show. It means so much to me and so many other people. You guys are great, uh, and uh, just I appreciate it so much. Um, you're all the best part, but especially Sweet Pea, of course. Um, anyways, thanks again, you guys. Um, that's it. Bye. Chelsea, I think this is a very important voicemail, and I am so glad that you sent it, because I think sometimes we need to hear from the people that are being impacted oh, yeah. by these things. If, if you know, people in the audience don't personally know someone who is trans, or they're not connected to someone, or maybe they're just not even aware that they're connected to someone, that maybe it makes it more difficult for them to see this as an issue that should be at the top of their list in terms of priorities or toward the top of the list in terms of priorities to focus on. And it is scary what Donald Trump has come forward and said. And I, I, I'm not sure there's been a lot going on this week. People may have actually missed it. So we we want to play what he released because he's been criticized since he announced that he's running for president. Like, what are your policies, right? What are you going to focus on? And so they've started rolling out some of these policies. And, and Donald Trump made an announcement on what he plans to do for trans legislation specifically. The left-wing gender insanity being pushed on our children is an act of child abuse. Very simple. 
Here's my plan to stop the chemical, physical, and emotional mutilation of our youth. On day one, I will revoke Joe Biden's cruel policies on so-called gender-affirming care. Ridiculous. A process that includes giving kids puberty blockers, mutating their physical appearance, and ultimately performing surgery on minor children. Can you believe this? I will sign a new executive order instructing every federal agency to cease all programs that promote the concept of sex and gender transition at any age. I will then ask Congress to permanently stop federal taxpayer dollars from being used to promote or pay for these procedures and pass a law prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. It'll go very quickly. I will declare that any hospital or healthcare provider that participates in the chemical or physical mutilation of minor youth will no longer meet federal health and safety standards for Medicaid and Medicare and will be terminated from the program immediately. Furthermore, I will support the creation of a private right of action for victims to sue doctors who have unforgivably performed these procedures on minor children. The Department of Justice will investigate Big Pharma and the big hospital networks to determine whether they have deliberately covered up horrific long-term side effects of sex transitions in order to get rich at the expense of vulnerable patients, in this case, very vulnerable. We will also investigate whether Big Pharma or others have illegally marketed hormones and puberty blockers, which are in no way licensed or approved for this use. My Department of Education will inform states and school districts that if any teacher or school official suggests to a child that they could be trapped in the wrong body, they will be faced with severe consequences, including potential civil rights violations for sex discrimination. All right. There's a lot that he said there. And look, I don't want to I don't want to scare everybody. But everything he said is within the purview of the president of the United States relative to policy. He's not going to need to go through Congress to make some of these things happen. There might be lawsuits and whatever will take place. But a lot of this is within the purview. Him running Social Security, him running Medicare, him running um, qualifications based on who gets federal dollars. The Education Department is under the executive branch. A lot of this is outside of the back-and-forth tit-for-tat between the executive branch and the legislative branch. This is why it matters so much electing someone who is good and decent and has a mind for human rights. He did slid it in there to prohibit this at any age, he said. He's primarily talking about children because that is the drumbeat in conservative circles right now. But this should be a lesson for the audience to not get too warm and cozy, too comfortable relative to hard-fought rights and progress that we've made. We've learned through Roe v. Wade that it doesn't matter whether it's precedent upon precedent upon precedent like Brett, uh, Brett Kavanaugh talked about during his confirmation hearing. It doesn't matter that gay marriage has been the law of the land due to the Obergefell ruling since uh, 2015, I believe. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They're gunning for the rights of marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that you've been able to get the morning after pill in a vending machine at your college. It doesn't matter anymore. So those people in your life, and this is kind of a tangent here, but those people in your life that you think are good people, no, they don't, Gary or insert name of person here, doesn't want to oppress gays, doesn't care about uh, trans, um, rolling back trans rights. He doesn't care about that. He's just worried about good stewardship of the taxpayer dollar. (laughs) He's just worried about uh, sensible uh, conservative policies. Mm. He's a good guy, but he just likes those things. Well, in the course of his being a good fucking guy and voting for politicians who will support these policies, he is himself stepping on the necks of marginalized people. So let's just fucking dispense with this idea that those people around us who aren't Ted Cruz, but vote for Ted Cruz, are good and decent people. Either get to them and convince them otherwise, or maybe do what I've done, and have a political intervention for them. That if you're going to continue to do this, if you're going to continue to harm me and my friends, I can't have anything to do with you anymore. Well, and I want to say the important thing here is Chelsea making this phone call and making it clear how serious this is for many people. Actual damage being done to a family in America. Right. We're not just talking about people who are really interested in Hunter Biden's laptop. We're not talking about people who pretend to be upset about drag queen brunches or whatever the fuck. Like, this is real... This is real, and it, it's time. We have time to hopefully intervene, hopefully gain the attention of people that are in our lives. Listen, there's some people that you're not going to be able to sway, absolutely, but but we have time to try to talk to people that we know are going to be voting for people that are going to hurt marginalized communities, families like Chelsea's family, and we we are going to try to do something about that. I mean, we have time leading up to yeah. this election. I know we're going to be having these conversations on this show. We're going to be trying to do that with our YouTube channel. We're going to be trying to do that in our personal lives. And I would encourage the listeners to do the same. Let me also say this. Because the anti-trans bigotry, the thread that runs obviously through your Matt Walsh style, Ben Shapiro style conservatives also runs through Democrats. It also runs through quote-unquote liberals. I get a lot of comments on YouTube. Quit talking about trans issues. That's not actual human rights. They're weird. They're whatever. They're the Bill Maher style of liberal. Mm. Remember when Bill Maher had Milo Yiannopoulos on his show and said, I don't fucking care where weirdos want to pee. It's it's vile bigotry. And if you're one of those liberals who thinks trans rights aren't human rights, you need to get your shit straight or fuck straight off. I mean, it's really two. It, you got two choices. You're certainly not going to be welcome uh, on this show. You're, I mean, <laughs> it is, that's a real threat. Uh-oh. But I mean, listen, there are, if you are, if if you are if you are black if you are brown if you are uh, gay 
and you've you've had generations if not hundreds of years of people before you to provide you to that fought hard fought for the rights you now enjoy and you're not going to take up for the next group of people who are fighting for that same freedom for that same liberty you're fucking doing it wrong and you're dishonoring the fight that came before you chelsea we appreciate you it's important that you called in it it may just move the needle at least a very little bit with our you know small corner of the internet absolutely and so we thank you for for calling and and being so vulnerable for sure and we hope your husband uh is safe yes and is taking care of himself all right if you too would like to sound off we'd love to hear from you 657-464-7609 of course you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to i doubt it at dollamore.com Dollamocracy, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so we're going to stay on Donald Trump as we know the election, presidential election stuff is getting ready to happen in full force. We're not, I'm not particularly looking forward to it. I already feel exhausted and drained. Yeah. But it's going to start. Nikki Haley is planning to announce her candidacy for the Republican presidential nomination, the presidential nomination. <laughs> yeah, this, this week sometime. Yes, I think on the 15th is her planned Announcement. Oh, is it 10 days away? The 15th. Okay. Yes. And uh, Donald Trump has continued, like I said, to make these appearances to start outlining some of his quote unquote policy positions. And he was recently asked what he would do to end the war in Ukraine. And and this is funny because if you are wondering, like, has Donald Trump <laughs> changed? Has he, you know, reevaluated some of his behaviors and some of his thoughts and his yeah. positions on things? No. And of course he won't. Of course he wouldn't. He is the exact same person he's always been. He's going to continue to be the exact same person he's always been. Even knowing what he knows, having been president of the United States of America for four years, he's still the same doofus. Doesn't matter. And this is his grand plan to end the war in Ukraine. It can be negotiated, I think, within 24 hours. Mm. Uh, It really has to be done from the office of the president. And you have to get them both in a room. And there are things you can say to each one of them, which I won't reveal now, which will guarantee that this war will end immediately. And they have to do it. I have the secret sauce. <laughs> My recipe is, is, is an unbelievable recipe, the likes of which has never been seen. But I'm not going... And it can cure cancer. I have... In fact, this is a better analogy... I have the cure for cancer, but listen, I can't show it to you now. Trust me that I have it, but I'm not going to share it with the world until I become the Surgeon General or whatever. And it's more of the same. It's only I can fix it. 
Yeah. It's a longer version of only I can fix it. And he's acting like it's all easy. I mean, it's just all the same. But what I can't get away from is the audacity of this clown. I mean, he has so many investigations. He has, I mean, he was just in this deposition. They they got video of this deposition that he was in where he was taking the fifth like hundreds of times. Over 400 times. Now to an update on the civil investigation into the Trump Organization's business practices by the New York Attorney General. CBS News has obtained video excerpts of former President Donald Trump's deposition in that investigation. The footage shows the former president repeatedly invoking the Fifth Amendment and declining to answer questions about his or his company's finances. Our Ed O'Keefe has that story. I decline to answer the question. When former President Donald Trump sat for a deposition last August, he told New York Attorney General Letitia James that he would be invoking his right against self-incrimination. Anyone in my position not taking the Fifth Amendment would be a fool, an absolute fool. And he did so more than 400 times over nearly four hours. Same answer, same answer, same answer. Trump, who's running for the White House once again, is facing multiple federal and state investigations. The lawsuit filed last year by James accuses the former president, three of his five children, and their company of a long-running scheme to inflate the value of their properties, something investigators asked Trump about. The valuations contained in this document reflect false and misleading valuation statements as Is that correct? Same answer. He would almost certainly in any other setting, and we've seen it, gone hysterical. Former federal prosecutor Harry Littman says Trump took the advice of his lawyers to remain disciplined. The stakes are high. He couldn't be Trump. It's a really vivid demonstration of the justice system catching up with him and making him abandon his normal playbook. But in Trump's deposition, which took place just two days after the FBI had searched his Mar-a-Lago home, he was allowed to make a statement and used it to lash out at James. We cannot permit a renegade and out-of-control prosecutor to use this investigation as a means of advancing her political career. It was a bizarre thing to watch. It was a a wonder to behold Mm -hmm. because he, (laughs) he was... Very uncomfortable with what was taking place. It was it was like he needed to get something off his chest, and he just he was precluded from doing so because of the uh, of the consequence that he knew would befall him. Right. I mean, it's the only time that you've really seen Donald Trump unable to behave in the way that he would normally want to behave out of fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he knows what's in store if he steps out of line and says something that he's not supposed to. It was uh, pretty great. Also, just his his. His posture, and both uh, metaphorically and act literally, he was like slumped over, staring at, like trying to read the document in front of him to read the statement. It wasn't the confident, fake standing on the balcony gasping for breath like he's getting ready to die of COVID, Trump that we remember. Mm-hmm. It's it was just like he knew he was being videoed. I don't know. It was very strange. Yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> So there, listen, we've talked, I don't know how many times about the the culture war battle that's taking place right now in the country relative to to LGBTQ books. Uh, in, Chelsea in, talked about it in, in the voicemail. Exactly. Yeah. In libraries. Yes. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And Vice, Brittany, you brought this video to my attention. And thank you so much because it's such a gem. Yeah. A reporter with Vice, I think his name is v- Vegas Tenold. 
and he went to Michigan to cover the conservative war on libraries there. And it's like a 10 minute segment, but I was watching it. And (laughs) this segment that I'm getting ready to play for you, I played it for Jesse because I'm like, you have to hear this. I mean, this gets pretty, pretty out of control. (laughs) And they're talking about a book that, that is called Flamer that has a single page in it you know what? They're going to describe it. But here, the book is Flamer, and this is one of the books that conservative parents are going after in Michigan. One of the biggest sources of tension is a single page in the book Flamer, where some kids are playing a prank on the main character, pretending to masturbate into a bottle and telling him that the person who doesn't climax has to drink it. Nothing explicit is shown. Some of the key figures in the fight are a little fuzzy on the details. So these books we're talking about, how do you have access to them? We know the titles, and uh, we did our research. And then you read the books? Uh, partially. Um, I don't want to read the whole book, you know, just to... Why? It's, it's just a moral thing with me. I found the part that you guys are talking about, but, like, I'm having trouble, like, seeing... So read this part. All right. We're each busting a load into this bottle. If you don't come, you have to drink it. Ha, 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 ha. The context of it, what does that you refer to? You don't know the context because you haven't read the page before or the page after. But well, what does that re- refer to? They're hinting. That's part of the joke. Have your, you know, kids, have your kids read these books? I don't have any kids. Oh, you don't have kids? I don't have kids. Um, I plan on having kids. Yeah. If you had kids, do you think this book would make your kids drink cum? My kids, first of all, will not be reading those types of books. Second of all, when someone is 18, they can do whatever they want. Drink as much cum as they want. Whatever (laughs) they want. (laughs) Well, one, I mean, more more seriously, (laughs) they really get to it, right? I mean, the guy just did, well, my kids won't read books like that. Because you're their parent and you'll say no. Right. But you also want to not let anybody else's kids read those books. Right. it gets right to the heart of it. it. If you don't want your kids reading those books, be a parent and don't have them read those books. Yeah, the rules that he has for his imaginary kids are... Right. Oh, but I but I want to. Yeah. Brother, let me tell you, it might not be in the cards for you. So I, I loved it because th- this does. It makes it clear that they have control. You can, you can control what your kids do and yeah. do not read. So go ahead and do that. Pretty wild, though, the... The, the entire little segment about the drinking of the cum. Just fucking vice, man. Well, and it's also, do people think that they their kids are not hearing this stuff at school? Or, or, or does your kid not have a smartphone? Because let me tell you something. Yeah, I mean, you better be watching your kid all the time when they're on their iPad, doing their homework when they're on their computer, whatever it is. All the time you better be watching to make sure that they aren't seeing anything that they shouldn't be seeing. You better have all of the parental controls on. But the point remains that you shouldn't have the right to censor material for other That's parents. Right. Yeah. I mean... Well, the, the, the base of the story was out of Dearborn, Michigan, where there is a, uh, a substantial Muslim population. And they were talking about how conservatives and Republicans now have this common thing to hate on mm-hmm. and are joining together even though their ideologies really don't line up anywhere else. And this is 
a tactic of conservatives. They're going to try to co-op and get some of these Muslims to vote for them, even though on everything else they don't agree, if they can inflame the passions of these people in Dearborn. Right. So it, it's uh, not gr- not great to say the least, and um, really goes to show how these, these culture war, the, the things we think are nonsense because they are, are resonating with a lot of people mm-hmm. and it very well could sway and make a situation where Donald Trump could win some key states and because of our ridiculous electoral college get back in office. Right. So we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. I doubt it is a listener supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, John P. John P. Jack S. Jack S. Now, Jack S. came through as a new Patreon supporter, but Jack S. has been a Patreon supporter for so long. Elfman Jack. Such a long time listener and supporter of the show that we value and appreciate. Elfman Jack. Jack. So thank you. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> and uh, new Patreons continuing. Shh. It, is that it? That's the name. Shh. 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 Thank you shh, to Sid A. Sid A. Wicked Good D. Wicked Good D. I wonder what I wonder what that's about. <laughs> What is that alluding to? What's that about? <laughs> I think we just heard it on the last clip. Ben L. Ben L. And Manuel P. Manuel P. Thank you so very much to our new Patreon supporters. We could not do this without you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for hanging in there while we move. We are finally actually sitting at a table that is like officially going to be the podcast table in a room that is officially going to be the podcast room. And it's probably not going to continue to sound like this. We do have some yeah. sound stuff on the wall to help with that. I don't know what it's called. What is this stuff called? Sound. Acoustic panels. But I, that's what I wanted to mention up front. I forgot to do it. Is it I don't, we have no idea how it's going to sound because, you know, we're not that dedicated to doing things correctly that we did like a test show. We just were throwing you guys to the wolves here. But we will adjust and make tweaks. We'd love to know what you think and how it's going and, yes. that, and all that. Yes. All that jazz. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for your all support. We appreciate it very much. Again, uh, patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. So like we said, the presidential election is gearing up. We are about to head right into the thick of it. The 2023 State of the Union address is going to be happening this week, yeah. Tuesday, February 7th, 9 p.m. Eastern. So you may be watching uh, Joe Biden first, and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders is I going know. to be giving giving the response. The former press secretary for Donald, Donald Trump, the current governor of Arkansas, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the daughter, the Nepo baby, daughter of Mike Huckabee. I couldn't find it. <laughs> I knew you were doing something. I'm like, what is what is he doing? 
But it's it's going to be followed by something more Sarah Huckabee Sanders-ish. You'll just have to wait for it because... Uh, She's not a Christian! <laughs> so according to reporting from The Atlantic, typically by the time a president is giving the State of the Union address at the start of their third year in office where President Biden is right now, there's at least half a dozen people already running for president. Mm. That is not happening. Yeah. So what is happening is people are kind of uncertain of where this is all going to go. Is Donald Trump going to continue to be the top player or is Ron DeSantis going to be the top player when he enters the race? And should everyone in the Democratic Party rally around President Biden because he's currently president and he has the best shot at beating whoever is going to be president? It's very uncertain right now. So what we do know is that Joe Biden plans to run. And we know that because he was recently making an appearance where he asked if people are with him and they proceeded to chant something that will sound very, hey, Joe, run for president again. I intend to get it done, more done. So let me ask you a simple question. Are you with me? I ran for president. years old 80 years old 80 years old 80 years old it's the case for for donald trump as well yeah i don't want that fucking guy to be president either you don't (laughs) so one thing that joe biden does have going for him is that there was a very strong jobs report for january this it, it is clear based on the the job report the unemployment rate wages that we are not in a recession as some people were predicting that Mm -hmm. we could be in. In fact, the jobs report showed 517,000 jobs in January, much better than what was expected. The unemployment rate is 3.4%, the lowest in decades. Actually, the last time. Yeah, the last time that the unemployment rate was 3.4% was 1969. That is crazy. And wages are up 4.4% for the past year, up 0.3% in January. And they're still raising the fucking interest rates, the Fed. Make it make sense to me. I'm a dumb fuck about this kind of stuff, but it really extra thick doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know who's really happy about the jobs report? Conservatives. They're super excited about it. They're very honored that President Biden is leading the charge on this strong jobs report. Which conservatives (laughs) in general are super happy that they had to announce these job numbers? Well, I just, I know it's going to take a while, this next clip, because they really want to focus on how good of a job president biden's doing on this job report so it's gonna it, this clip is gonna be a little long because ainsley Earhart and brian the country. majority because the so majority tired of protecting the minority you knew it was coming and brian kill i didn't because i was continuing <laughs> and brian Kilmeade <laughs> on fox and friends again i'm just preparing you the clip is going to be a little long because they're going to really drill down on the details here of how successful this job report was for president biden yeah, uh, okay. meanwhile some news 
News Alert. The January jobs report just released. The U.S. adding 517,000 jobs last month. That is much stronger than economists expected. They thought 185,000. Unemployment drops to 3.4. That's the lowest since 1969. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, this story uh, uh, really pertains to our economy. This is Ford Motors missed sales expectations at the start of this year. Wow! Oh, that is crazy. He cannot get away from it quick enough. They, I mean, they would be, it would be another Vice news clip about how much from a bottle they wanted to drink of Donald Trump's. I will leave it at that. Uh, and they would have gone on and on and on and on if 517,000 jobs had been added and the unemployment rate was the lowest since 1969. Imagine the, the, the adulation they would have offered Donald Trump. Well, think about the conversation before they did this segment. They're thinking, okay, shit, we have to talk about this very positive jobs report. Okay, someone quickly find something negative about the economy that we can talk to. having a bad week. (laughs) Right, and let's not dwell too long on the positive thing and really get going on the negative part. I I want to hear it one more time. Yes, meanwhile, some news. The January jobs report just released. The U.S. adding 517,000 jobs last month. That is much stronger than economists expected. They thought 185,000. Unemployment drops to 3.4. That's the lowest since 1969. Wow. Uh, Meanwhile, this story uh, uh, really pertains to our economy. This is Ford Motors missed sales expectations at the start of this year. Amazing. It is remarkable that they can look themselves in the mirror while getting ready for work and and like you you can do this. You you just gotta be a shill one more day. You just <laughs> you just gotta be a fucking vile propagandist one more time, Brian. So I know your your eyes are really close together and you've got a tiny little head. You can do this. Just you can do this. You're good enough, Brian. So sometimes That was me. Being Brian Kilmeade. Sometimes it's important <laughs> to uh, talk about how the quote-unquote straight news reporters on Fox News are also not great. And sometimes the quote-unquote straight news reporters will go on the opinion shows, like The Five, for example, if they need a fill-in. And in this case, Dana Perino was gone, so they needed a fill-in, and it was Martha McCallum. And Mar- it's just a one-to-one swap. I mean, the, the Fox News audience probably didn't even fucking notice that Dana Perino was gone. Well, and that's also why I'm saying quote-unquote straight news reporter, because Martha McCallum, I think, is supposed to be one of their quote-unquote news people. But then when you put one of their quote-unquote news people... Right, are you going to... Is quote-unquote continue? Listen, it's it gonna is. Continue. It is. So quote-unquote... <laughs> uh, when you put them on these, no, these, these opinion shows... Did you fuck up because you didn't say quote-unquote? Yes, quote-unquote. It makes it clear, quote-unquote, how... <laughs> How they're all the same and they have the same views. And this one is not not particularly related to anything that we're talking about right now. But Martha McCallum decides to just go in on sick days. I don't. Yeah, I'm not big on sick days. I don't think that, you know, you should necessarily should have like this six sick days every year. Especially if you're on people TV. say like, oh, I'm taking a sick day tomorrow, yeah. you know, How which I think is have? really bogus. I never take I don't know. I, I, I never take have any. So we just come in and cough all over each other and push through. I mean, yeah. it's that, that's the way we work. Sounds great. Sounds fantastic. Coming out of a global pandemic, these dumb fucks. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> what? It, that is remarkable. Well, it's the same toxic, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, work yourself to death for this country. You can achieve anything if you just work yourself to death. You owe everything you have to your employer that they're doing you a favor by paying you for the job you do. Right. Also, where's Dana Perino? <laughs> Maybe that was a dig at Dana Perino. That's the question I have. Right. Is Dana out sick? They, they, they have to do a remote. And she's all sniffly and thanks for letting me take a day off, guys. <laughs> Someone needs to start keeping track. How often are these people taking sick days? I bet they're taking them all the time. Let me tell you something. It really should have brought things into focus. I think it did for most people that you, you you don't go to sick work. I mean, we had people coming in from out of town the the week. I mean, the day before I was supposed to go live with David Pakman, and I woke up that morning not feeling great. Mm-hmm. And we haven't seen these people in months and months, and we had to cancel. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not yeah fuck it we'll just we'll just get everybody sick yeah. We really want to see you guys, even if it means getting you sick. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and apparently that's what they want everyone to believe. And they're saying that on The Five. And then all the people watching The Five are like, oh, it's normal to go to work sick and cough on everyone. That seems like a great policy. It's not a good policy. Yeah, please don't yeah, do yeah. that. And also, please give people sick days because it's important that people have time to take off. And the ability to not get in a financial bind because they get sick. Yeah. Pretty important. Socialism is evil. So (laughs) Republicans have started their session being the majority in the House. It is a shit show. And they are just really going to work for the American people and talking about the important stuff. And You can't even do it. You can't (laughs) even do it. Well, listen, I'm trying to use comedy as the soothing balm on Mm. the pain that I'm feeling. Balm is a way better word. I always try to use the word salve. Yeah. And it's just... It, it's ugly coming out, first of all, the word <laughs> out of my mouth. But but balm is better. I'll start using balm. So this is this is kind of a summary of what the week was like for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy because he took a question from a reporter after Marjorie Taylor Greene made a certain statement about Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was who was killed at the insurrection, you may remember, that became this kind of martyr for the conservatives. So Marjorie Taylor Greene made a statement about Ashley Babbitt and Kevin... Said that that the cop who shot her murdered her. She had had been murdered by that cop. Yeah, you're going to hear the reporter ask rephrase this, ask Kevin McCarthy whether he agrees. Yes, but go ahead. One of the first things Marjorie Taylor Greene said from the oversight dais was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Listen, it it, it doesn't do it justice to hear the clip because he did it in a very dismissive like, uh, fuck, I've really painted myself into a into a shit corner here. Because he knows this is what he's going to be having to do. Yeah, constantly. With Marjorie Taylor Greene on Some, the oversight committee. Someone he elevated to a lofty, sought-after, plum position on not only the oversight committee, but also the Homeland Security Committee. I mean, he fucked himself, though. He, I have no, no sympathy well, for Kevin McCarthy. And again, is this... Is this the person, Marjorie Taylor Greene, that people really feel is like going to Congress and doing something important when she's asking about $5 billion that was given to yeah, a school yeah, yeah. to teach critical race theory? I mean... $5.1 billion. Yeah. Where, where is she... 
where is she? Is she okay? <laughs> no. No, she's not, Brittany. I don't know if you really are concerned for her well-being, but my take on it would be no. Okay. She's not okay. So, Ted speaking, of, speaking of not okay. Yeah, Ted Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz. This is just kind of a summary of how things have been going for, for the Republicans and what they're focused on. Ted Cruz went on, I'm not sure what... what show this is it's a face the nation face the nation margaret brennan she is fantastic she really does not fuck around amazing i think she may be my new favorite sunday Chuck show host. todd if he did one tenth of the the strategic and aggressive questioning that margaret brennan does would be a decent reporter she's a boss goddamn and she actually asked ted cruz about term limits because he claims to be this enthusiastic supporter of term limits specifically two limiting two terms for senators even though he's announcing that he's running for a third a term third term <laughs> Uh, Senator, I want to ask you about something here at home. You also introduced a bill to limit uh, terms to two six-year terms in office for senators. Um, Why aren't you holding yourself to that standard? You said you're running for a third term. Well, listen, I'm a passionate defender of term limits. I think that Congress would work much better if every senator were limited to two terms, if every House member were limited to three terms. I've introduced a constitutional amendment to put that into the Constitution. But you're still running. If and when it passes, if and when it passes, I will happily, happily comply. I've never said I'm going to unilaterally comply. I'll tell you what, when the socialists and when the swamp are ready to leave Washington, I will be more than happy to comply by the same rules that apply for everyone. But until then, yeah. I'm going to keep fighting for 30 million Texans because that's the job me. they've asked me to do. I think you heard He's a greasy fucking liar. It's really gross. <laughs> that shocking? I mean, I sometimes I just like for the drop to be played just as like a, a what is it? The protective bomb? What was I oh, talking yeah, about here, he, Here's your protective salve. <laughs> Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. So Ted Cruz, in the in the opinion of Jesse Dollamore, is a greasy fucking liar. So he again he said with his own mouth that Congress would work better. Yes. Congress would work better if senators were limited to two terms, but here I am running for my third. And then more more ridiculous is the claim that well and once it passes I will happily comply. You'll have to comply dumb fuck, it'll be the law. It's like Everyone else has to abide by a two-term rule. And it's like, well, why is Ted Cruz still running for office? It's Ted. We don't know. You don't have a choice whether to comply, Ted. He loves the power. That's what it's about. He doesn't want to lose his platform. He wants to remain in power. Yeah. And so he's not going to bow out now. Well, listen, we'd love to know what you think. Tell us how much you love Ted Cruz. (laughs) 657-464. 7609, of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Texas preacher Jonathan Shelley. Jonathan Shelley. The pastor from Steadfast Baptist Church in Texas has some ideas about whether or not a a wife should have any say 
on what, how many children she wants to have. Wait, wait, wait. Doesn't she automatically, by law, have a, have a say in whether or not she gets pregnant? Well, if you ask... <laughs> If you ask preacher Jonathan Shelley, Man of God. <laughs> then uh, no. I heard an independent funnel about his preacher. He's like, you know, it's not. All right. <laughs> Is that his voice? That's really his fucking voice. I think those were individual words. Let's break that down. I think he said that he was talking to another Baptist preacher. <laughs> Dude. Maybe public speaking isn't your fucking calling, bro. When that's the sound that comes out of your goddamn mouth when you open it. I heard an independent funnel about his preacher. He's like, you know, that's that's not right right he heard from another independent Baptist preacher. Okay. So that was English, too. We're picking up what he's putting down. I heard an independent funnel about his preacher. He's like, you know, it's not right for me to, to, to just tell my wife when we're going to have kids. You know, I need to ask her permission or ask when it's okay to start having kids. Wow. And I'm like thinking like, are you a man? Yeah. Are you a Baptist? Yeah. You're a fundamental Baptist preacher and you're going to ask your wife if it's okay to have children? Yeah. I'm like, what planet am I living on? You know, how, how effeminate is that yeah. to let your wife tell you when she's going to have kids or not? I mean, that's feminism. You know which buttons I ask my wife it's okay to press? None. Because she doesn't tell me what to do. You know, that's, that's a weird relationship. And it's sad that fundamental Baptist preachers are letting their wives tell them what to do. Are you a man? Are you a Baptist? Are you not a rapist, my good man? It sounds like an audience of one. That guy, when the guy said, wow, I... Ugh. You thought that he was going to be no, not supporting? No, I, I was shy, not shocked by it because these people are fucking assholes. But I was... These people as in the two lo- people, right? It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah. one who's speaking and the one that's listening? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. It's a giant <laughs> congregation. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the guy said wow because he couldn't understand a fucking word <laughs> that this mushmouth was saying. So Jonathan Shelley gave a gave a response to this because obviously there's been a lot of outrage and Newsweek reached out to him for comment and and he defended what he said. Of he course said he did. I believe the Bible clearly teaches for men and women to be fruitful and multiply as taught in Genesis. And he says additionally the New Testament emphasizes that husbands and wives do not have control over their own body but must show due benevolence at the request of their spouse. Considering that God opens and closes the womb, it is impossible for married couples to fully control when, if, or how many children God blesses them with. I believe we must follow God's commandments in marriage and allow God to provide us with children at his discretion. If God was doing it at his his discretion, then women would just spontaneously become pregnant. There wouldn't be a need for the act of copulation and coitus. Well, he you know, also, just fucking get pregnant because God ordained it. He continues to say, while it is important to consider a wife's opinion, advice, feelings, oh, and health, husbands should make all the decisions for the family. Of course, you can tell how much respect he has for his wife's opinions, advice, feelings, and health because he was laughing about which buttons he allows his wife to press. Uh. 
during that sermon. So he doesn't care what his wife has to say, and he doesn't want anyone in that congregation to care Condoner what their wives have to say. Condoner of rape, Jonathan Shelley. So Jonathan Shelley doesn't believe women should have a say in how many children they have, because that is effeminate for husbands. You know what Jonathan Shelley rhymes with? Martin Screlly. Oh. Kind of sideways, but I don't know. Coincidence? Wow. I, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's true. It's true, everybody. Taking care of biz. College students. College students are taking care of Yeah, just college students all over the country doing some cool stuff. Thanks, guys. They are installing Plan B vending machines on campuses in various places in the country as a way to try to give back in the face of overturning Roe v. Wade. And right here in the nation's capital, too. Yes, to prevent people from being in situations where they may be stuck and unable. I feel like I'm talking really fast after listening to Jonathan Shelley. Like, I'm... I'm I'm doing that trying thing. Trying to dial it back. Yeah. Do you remember the story when I when my my high school boyfriend's dad called the house? The domestic terrorist. So he ended up being a domestic terrorist, yeah. 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 And so uh <laughs> <laughs> But at the time he wasn't. And so He was a, a domestic terrorist in training. In high school, his dad called my house and his dad had a very deep voice. And his dad was calling for my mom for some reason. And so he called and asked, you know, Hi, is your can I talk to your mom? And I was like, Yeah, just a second. <laughs> I like mimicked the voice and pulled the phone away from my ear and was like, What did I just do? Why did you do that? I don't know, but I feel like I'm doing it right now where I'm talking really fast after listening to Jonathan Shelley. So anyway, college students that are taking care of biz. Taking care of biz. More and more students on college campuses are getting Plan B, the emergency contraceptive pill, through vending machines. That includes a campus located just blocks from the White House. Students at George Washington University can now buy these pills along with other wellness products in the vending machines like Advil and tampons. Student leaders worked for months to get the machines on campus. That meant surveying 1,500 students. Not a lot of pushback. The only concern was about discreetness and how we could make sure that students felt that it wasn't a very public way to go and get some type of contraceptive. Which is why the vending machines were placed in the basement of the student center. The two student leaders behind the effort say they got the idea from other schools testing out similar machines. One of the first was at Boston University. It's located at the bottom of the student union next to more traditional vending machines. Last year, our NBC Boston affiliate spoke to the leaders of Students for Reproductive Freedom. They say they saw a similar machine at Brandeis University, and after that, they were all in. Since its debut, the machine at Boston University has dispensed more than a 1,000 emergency contraception pills. There, students can get them for just over 7 bucks. We just wanted something that was like low cost, easy to access. Right now at George Washington University, the pills cost $25, but they hope to bring down the cost. These machines come at a time when many in the U.S. are concerned about reproductive rights. 
The Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade last year reignited the debate over the right to abortion. More than a dozen states have banned abortions or no longer have facilities where abortions can be performed. It's why some students are pushing for these Plan B vending machines. After Roe v. Wade was overturned, we felt a lot of passion in making sure that people felt supported on this campus. The American Society for Emergency Contraception says more than two dozen universities have vending machines filled with emergency contraception right now. Students for Life of America, which opposes abortion rights, says the decision to sell emergency contraception this way, quote, undercuts women. Oh, undercuts Ugh. women. Again, it, it must be repeated that the pro-life conservatives should be the the people cheering the loudest for yeah. unlimited access to plan B, because if you want to prevent abortions from happening, then you would want to support anything that could help in that effort, including yeah, yeah, yeah. birth control of any form. Right. Plan B. I mean, if you want to prevent abortions because you believe babies are being killed, right? then you would really want to support anything that would make that stop. Instead, it's just a mechanism to oppress women. Yes. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, that's that's clearly what it is when they're saying that this is not ultimately a positive thing. Right. It is. It's only positive. It's only beneficial. And it only helps. Without a doubt. We'd love to know what you think about these and any other stories that are on your mind. Questions and comments can be directed to 657-464-7609, where you can leave a brief, brief voicemail. Or you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We fucking love you guys. Thank you so much for all you do, all your support, your uh, your organization, your activism, and your passion for justice. It means the world to us and untold numbers who you will never, ever meet. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.